Y'all, welcome back. I'm super excited this week because Vance is leading this episode, and I'm stoked for it. There's been a handful of recent events lately uh, involving college athletes and, and COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement, and in my opinion, and certainly in Vance's, that's a big deal. Uh, entertainers have shaped the you know racial and political and socioeconomic climate of America, I mean, pretty much forever. I mean, certainly going back to the Beatles when they refused to play segregated shows. So, I mean, that obviously had a huge impact on profits for these, you know, segregated venues, these, these racist venues. So they had to change their ways because, you know, you got to continue business because dollars, y'all. Same thing is, you know, when the transgender bathroom nonsense was going on, Bruce Springsteen canceled shows in North Carolina. I mean, that financial impact is seemingly what drives the uh, the political climate and, you know, socio-climate here. So anyway, it actually goes even further back. If we wanted, I mean, one I found uh, that I found incredibly interesting, Duke Ellington uh, had a woman in his band named Freddie Washington. She was black, but I guess she was so light-skinned. Uh, I mean, it, you know, as a quick little side note, she was so light-skinned, she was able to go get ice cream in a whites-only ice cream shop, and then she bought like 12 of them, walked outside, and gave them to all her black bandmates, which is hilarious, because she was just messing with just racist jerks from back in the day. But, but my, my point is, these types of moments in our history, they're punctuated by large-scale entertainers and entertainment acts and how they address the issues at hand. I mean, it, it says something about us as a people that we listen to musicians and sports figures more than anyone else for social guidance. But, but regardless, college football is a huge source of entertainment, for, certainly for Americans. And now, lately, college athletes, they have a voice. I mean, they got a Twitter page, and they can post whatever they want. And seemingly, a lot of these guys are using it for positive social change. And good on them. I think it's great. And Vance does too, so so strap in, y'all, because Vance is driving the train, and this is a good one. Enjoy. Hey, y'all. My voice may sound a little bit different. I did not have any sort of operation or anything like that. This is not Joseph. This is the other kind of annoying guy that's sometimes on the show, Vance. Star of the show. Yeah. We've got Joe here, of course. Uh, We've also got Eric with us. Yo. Uh, I decided to switch it up here and take over the duties for uh, for Joe. And today, um, not sure if anyone's going to find this interesting, but I find it fascinating. We're talking about the uh, the craziness that is going on in college football and how it's kind of like a microcosm, if you will, for what's going on in the larger world as it relates to like the George Floyd, like Black Rights Movement, and uh, COVID. And all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, oh, also, guys, I'm just going to throw this in there. Uh, Ryan Leach, uh, Lion Leaf, uh, he was arrested again. Was he? He, he was oh, arrested again. I thought he still had a chance. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the best like college football sprinkling is like Ryan Leaf's in there again. 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 He, he did it again. Um, so I'm just going to I'm gonna get right into it. I don't know how much you guys have, have heard. Um, so I'm just going to go school by school of the, like the interesting, um, storylines that I think are interesting. Um, and I do want to actually do a shout out to this podcast called cover three. Um, it's a big podcast that I listen to. Um, they're, those guys are amazing. Uh, they have covered this better than I could dream of. Um, so, all right. All right. So first one, not that bad. Uh, Mike Norvell, new coach at Florida state. He he tells a reporter and tells the reporter basically to print this that he personally talked to every player on his team personally and individually about the George Floyd movement and the black movement and everything like that. And 
his star player, who is a future uh, first rounder, uh, came out and was like, uh, his name Marvin Wilson. He was like, uh, no, that's that's BS. You did not talk to any of us about this. I was never talked to about this. Um, you lied, and I am. I am not going to do anything with this program until further notice. And I'm going to tell the team to not have anything to do with the program until further notice. So like Mike Norvell, like then like has like backpedals and that one actually became, that one was a, I bring that up first because it's like an uplifting uh, dialogue afterwards was really uplifting. Like um, Mike Norvell, the coach came out, they talked it over and it was like a day later which is interesting that it was a day later, but he waited he talked to his publicist for like a day. He talked to like his PR guys like, all right, what am I doing here? Yeah. It was like a day later. And, but, he, but the, the, the statement they put out and like, he seems like really genuine. Um, and he, he, he said he was proud of Marvin for utilizing like his platform as a player to like express his views. And yeah. What's he going to say? Did you well, demonize him? Oh, just wait. <laughs> Just wait, Joe. You'll see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, All right. Dude, I'm stoked. I like this already. Yeah. So, okay. It, it brings up because I had never – that had really never happened before in college football history. A player saying, I'm – you know what? I'm just not going to have anything to do with the team anymore until further notice. Like, I, the ball's in your court. Um, so, uh, my question is – from what you guys know about college football, like I've been thinking, did they, did players always have that kind of power or is that just like a new thing? That's interesting. Cause he and I, like just before this was going on, we were talking NBA and how much power the players in the NBA have. And I mean, clearly it's, it's not the same level, but I can't think of another college player, really, in, in the history of my having semi-paid attention, not near as much as the two of you, I can't think of anybody holding out on a social matter like that before. E, you're definitely more of a, of a, of a you know scholar when it comes to these sports fields than I. Can you think of anybody? I can't think of any names. I have recollections that it did happen, particularly in the '60s with Vietnam and/or Black Panthers. Really? But I, I don't, don't know, know for sure that that happened. And certainly what would have happened is it would not have become a national story. No chance. And the coach wouldn't have been like, I'm proud of you for, yeah. for doing what you did. Yeah. For kicking him off the team. Yeah. So yeah. Which is, I, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and I brought that one up just to show like, there is like good sides to this. Um, some of the really cool stuff that's been going on on the positive side are, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, FSU, LSU, a bunch of schools um, actually, actually registered all their players to vote. Yeah, I saw that. I saw a bunch yeah. of schools do it. Yeah, uh, and like the, all the coaches walking um, with the players. You know, Minnesota is not using the Minnesota PD anymore uh, for their that. yeah for their team activities. Um, and then there was this phenomenon too, where the teams, um, all these teams started coming out saying we're not going to hold any um, actual activities on election day. Um, and then like, uh, really shortly after that, the NCAA was like, we're not going to hold any NCAA events on election day whatsoever. Any games at all? Nothing. No gymnastics, no nothing, swimming or anything. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like those are positives out of it. They are positives. Although the NCAA does have this habit of doing things that publicly sound great, 
But when you break down the practical application of it, it's not that big of a deal. For instance, they don't pl- play a lot of college football games on Tuesday anyway. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of before basketball season kicks off. So it's not really costing the NCAA any money. So yes, I applaud them. And it certainly points to the idea that Election Day should be a national holiday so we can all go vote. It's yeah. real it's obvious. It's like they don't want everybody voting. It's weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's weird. Strange. It's so a weird. Weird thing. And man, like, dude, but I. No, that's, that's a great point, because, yeah, like, it, it, it's. The NCAA has always done that. They want to make sure they can save as much face as possible, but they're not going to lose any money, like, doing it. They're not going to. I mean, that's. They're clearly. So, I mean, if they got to cancel, like, a Stanford women's volleyball game, so be it. But they're certainly not going to cancel. Like, it, you know, if, if this was a few years ago and UTA and M was playing, they weren't canceling that shit. Yeah. And to be fair to them, there's nothing they could do other than that for this particular issue, right? Like they can't do more for voting other than maybe creating an entire NCAA thing where they have everybody who's an NCAA athlete registers to vote, you know, so make every, make every university a polling station. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Huge, so. yeah. Honestly, that'd be, that'd be fucking huge. Cause that way the kids don't have to go anywhere. You're already right there. You wander out of your dorm friggin' hung over and go vote. Man, you know what? I'm just thinking of the who'd you say which volleyball team? Stanford volleyball team. Yeah, the Cardinals, you know. Stanford. Uh, I'm just thinking of them just going when they announced that and they had a game on that Tuesday, going, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God, to play that game." Like uh, hell that day. Chris <laughs> Neal and the liberal elites are going to be all up in arms. Yeah, I mean, cause come on, I didn't when I was 18. I didn't vote. Like no, I, I mean, I, that's cool that they're doing it. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't I, go to Obama. He was, I, I hadn't voted yeah, that. like, um, so yeah, positive things. Um, so let's get into the <laughs> negative ones that are arguably yeah, very interesting, though. Um, I there are pauses with this too because, um, the I'm talking about the Oklahoma State and the Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy thing. For those of you that don't know or don't watch college football, Mike Gundy is a uh, infamous slash famous coach for Oklahoma State. He is famous for going on a rant. If you guys know the uh, playoffs, playoffs, that's kind of like it. Um, he uh, basically, people were criticizing his um, his uh, player, and he goes on a rant saying, I'm a man. I'm 40. Oh, that's that guy? That's that guy. Yeah. Come after me. me. Come yeah. after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. That's him. Yes. Yeah, oh, so. I'm a kid yeah. that does everything right. Should I not be saying I like this guy? Is he? About no, you should not. Uh, he, he also has a mullet, so you, you I don't know how you feel hey, about that, but I've I don't had know. Once in my life, sir. You know this. You both know this. Yeah. True. He's a great. He's very entertaining. There's. You can say one thing about my Gundy is he's definitely he's very entertaining as a coach as a person. Yes. Um, for sure. And he's providing headlines for sure uh, because he tweeted out. Uh, a picture of him in a OAN shirt. And I'll explain what that is to people that are listening for the th- one person that's listening. Hello, <laughs> Phyllis. How you doing? Hey, Phyllis. Uh, <laughs> so Chuba Hubbard. So, so basically he tweets out this, this uh, photo of the OAN um, and his Heisman candidate, arguably the best running back in the country. Uh, first, second round draft pick uh, Chuba Hubbard. He says the same thing that Marvin Wilson did. I won't have anything to do with Oklahoma State uh, because of, of Mike Gundy uh, tweeting this picture of him in a shirt uh, with a news – well, excuse me. I'm not going to say news outlet. I told myself I'm not going to say news outlet. This conspiracy theory group. Um, so a little background on OAN. OAN, uh, they're a fake news uh, 
organization or like a conspiracy. It's like a conspiracy theory, like organization that that I guess disguise themselves at a quote unquote news. Yeah, that's the problem. They blend in facts with incorrect narratives. Yeah. So they were the ones that um, put out the um, the thing where the old, the seventy five year old guy that got hit over by the police in Buffalo. Um, in Buffalo, that he was a Antifa like agent that had a communication scanner equipment that he had mounted or something like some crazy yeah, he was like that. scanning the police. He's going to make their comms go dark. They, they are like the uh, Pizzagate people. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys know what Pizzagate was, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was basically uh, the uh, senior democratic leadership, including Hillary Clinton engaged and basically underground pedophile sex ring and sex trafficking and a, pizza shop called dc comic uh it's called comic ping pong that's right and um they figured this out by by decoding secret codes in hillary's emails that proved all this oh there's also satanic ritual abuse as well inside of uh the comic ping pong um shockingly shockingly never any evidence of this ever came actually came out uh yeah did that pretty- stop a guy from showing up with a gun there to put a stop to it it did not it did not <laughs> it did America, not. So. yeah so uh that's the background on oan they um, suck yeah that's what they do that's, that's yeah, their gym gundy's wearing this shirt um he also has said some stuff recently like in april he was talking about covid and about how they just need to bring all the players back because we need to run money through the state of oklahoma um he also said of OAN in this same interview, he said that the network was refreshing and they just report the news. There's no commentary, no opinions. There's no left. There's no right. Pizza. No facts. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought this was interesting because I, this really started to make me think like, hold on a second. Chupa Hubbard is the difference between Oklahoma State going four and eight and nine and three or 10 and two. Like the dude's worth five to seven games, just like one player, uh, which is interesting. And I think like they're, they're, they're realizing that um, because his teammates were like all on board with it. Um, him and Mike Gundy release a video like a day later uh, that just says like, everything's okay. Um, yeah. Hubbard kind of apologized right on Instagram a little bit for addressing it that way. A little bit. Yes. Yes. And I like I I don't know how I think about this because I don't think Chuba had to do that, but I don't think I don't think a person should lose their job over a shirt. I I don't. That's right. Like that's but, like to be clear, he Mike Gundy posted that picture himself. It wasn't like somebody took that picture of him while he was walking around. Mike Gundy took a picture of himself wearing it and posted it on purpose. Yes, and he said in, in an interview that he really loved the OAN network. Yes. He was trying to make a big statement. Okay. Now, I mean, still not something you can – I don't think you should be fired for, but that's – it's not like he was just like mowing his lawn and the paparazzi showed up. Like he was trying to do it. And it's not like you come about an OAN shirt by accident either, right? Like they're not readily available. You – in general, I'm although it is possible he said this in the media and then they just sent him one. Like I guess that's possible. Until right now, I'd never even heard of them. So clearly, they're not that popular. Or maybe they're, they are. I don't. Well, they shouldn't be. But 
They kind of are. Joe, does it <laughs> yeah, I didn't really. see? I'm, I take that back. I live in a bubble. My four year old doesn't talk about OA, OAN very much. So maybe. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, uh, does it change you guys' opinion um, that they've called the Black Lives Matter organization a criminal organization? Um, yes. OAN? OAN. Yeah, OAN has. People who say we have rights as human beings, they say they're criminals. A criminal organization is how they refer to them. No, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're really bad. Like, there's nothing redeeming about that as a news network. And I agree, you probably shouldn't be fired for a shirt, but it does sort of speak to a, the larger way you probably think about the world. And yeah. I'm thinking that's probably where the issue comes in for the players, especially, is that. And I think in recruiting, this could actually end up being a big issue for them because it's probably going to be hard to walk into somebody's living room or call them or tweet them or whatever it is they do nowadays and be like, no, I understand you. I understand where you're coming from. I can relate to you. Also, this is what I think is true. And what was it? Uh, no left, no right. Yeah. yeah. No news, no opinions. Just they fact. sound blatantly racist. I mean, they sound like they're just a, a white power group masquerading as a news organization. Like, if you're going to call the Black Lives Matter, it's a movement. It's not even like it's a group. There's, there's not like a headquarters. It's, it's just a concept. If you're going to demonize that, that makes me think you got some other heavier shit behind closed doors. Yeah. And I, the, where I side with it is I don't think you should lose your job over a shirt. But um, I think they brought this up in the Cover 3 podcast that I was talking about. Um, but they brought up the fact that if he can't be trusted as a leader of black men – then that changes the conversation to maybe he does need to like go because if he's gonna if he's gonna wear a shirt like that like how how is that being aren't we supposed to be isn't this supposed to be are we supposed to be shaping these men so but this is something that's i think a lot of college coaches are coming across now is this is not a moment they prepared for this is not something that all their experience has trained them for. Like this sort of activism in their players, this sort of independence is not really, you know, they're supposed to be leaders of men, but really what they are is they're people supposed to win football games. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not that, leaders of men. They're, they're their boss. Think, yeah. I they think this moment is really too big for a lot of these coaches on specifically, I can say it's specifically the social <laughs> issues. Yeah. I, I just, this isn't something they're prepared for. So I think this is like these types of things are something we'll probably see pretty frequently for the next little bit. It's, Everybody um, wants to be a Belichick. Everybody wants to not have to say things. And it, I, it starts, it makes me realize how it's, if that's a good idea is to just never have a stance ever, because even something as potentially meaningless, he might not have meant it that way. Even just posting a, a picture of you wearing a shirt is enough to cause three dudes that live in different states is this guy to be talking about it. And I'm sure many, but you know, this conversation is happening everywhere. Like it's the sensitivity, the delicacy of the moments of the, of the you know movement right now is e, you said it, it's too, it's too much for these guys. They're not ready. Yeah. And then that like makes me think, is there, how far do we take that in terms of like how we, criticize or not criticize these coaches like for instance if if a coach voted for trump and you know they voted for trump what do you do with that now does it work itself out like does does the idea i mean again like eric you nailed it probably why i wanted you on this episode 
more so than myself, it, you're not going to sit down with these people's parents who are, you know, maybe late thirties, early forties of these 17 year old kids. Like, and, and if they know you're a Trump supporter and they know you're supporting people that are clearly getting like, it might work itself out toward these guys will just start losing recruits and eventually get fired based on the merits of their win loss record, which is the only thing that should be in my opinion, holding you accountable as far as to getting fired is how well are you doing your job? Unless you're like a pastor or unless you're, at the end of the day, they're just, it's just their job. Like I don't expect most of these guys to be good guys. Well, it's it's part Maybe of what they sell Maybe. themselves as, right? Like if you sell your if you go in and you're honest up front, you say, Hey, I'm a football coach, you come here, you're gonna get better at football. Um yeah. you're gonna have to go to school and qualify to play in the games and all that, but that's not what I'm concerned with. I through football, maybe I can shape certain types of discipline or drive, but I'm not here to expand your worldview. I'm not here to do X, Y, or Z. If that is what you're upfront about and say, this is what I'm doing, then I think it might not really matter who you voted for. If, you're, yeah. or if your goal is to make the NFL, Urban Meyer. You care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Urban Meyer, look where he is. But <laughs> if you want something bigger, you know, you have to try and seek out the Greg Popoviches and Steve Kerrs of college football, whoever they mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No idea. And, and that actually – that's a really good point because it, it, it kind of brings up Dabo because Dabo is one of those guys that he is Mr. Jesus, Mr. like uh, – you know, his Christian faith and – and, 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 Yeah, and like it, it – college football is now in this it, – it, it was a certain way for a very long time where these were adults. They can – fight in a war they can vote they can do everything but we are they're also kids mm-hmm. like they all like their brains are not fully formed your brain is not fully formed as an 18 year old kid there is like every time lauren has all these like my wife does criminal law and she has all there's like all these studies that they use now um about how like your brain is really not fully formed as an 18 year old so like what do you do with that but then but then look at look at the premier league soccer like there's 18 year old kids there yeah but they've also been training to do that since they were 13 most of them right like they've been in the academy club level all that stuff and literally their whole life for the past five years has been learning how to be a professional soccer professional so it's a kind of a different thing yeah kind of kind of but i mean i i certainly know that i mean my own anecdotal evidence at 18 i mean vance we used to drive down the highway reaching out of moving cars going 70 and trying to touch 18 wheelers that were also going down the highway going 70. So like that was 18 year old me. If you couldn't pay me enough right now to do that, like it would have to be in the tens of millions of dollars for me to attempt that right now, because one wrong move and you're dead. But at 18, I was like, Hey, it's funny. Let's do it for free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the thing with Dabo is he, so his controversy was that um, there was a assistant coach. I, I forgot. I think it was in, um, it was, I want to say it was in the last five years. There was an assistant coach. Um, another player called another player in a fight, the N-word. The assistant coach heard that, got pissed off about the, them fighting, and was like, you want to say the N-word? You want to say the N-word? Like, almost like, I'll show you the N-word kind of thing. Of like, because um, he was just mad, apparently. Um, and this was like confirmed um dabo then like releases this video which was i did not find very i i I don't know i don't find anything he says genuine (laughs) like i don't know he rose me the wrong way i don't know what it is about him but he releases this video and he's like 
you know what? Um, it was just a heated situation with uh, assistant coach that was disciplining a player and he used the, he used that word, but he would never call anyone that word. He would never use it in like a negative way or something like that. Oh, and, so when you were saying what you just said, when you were saying quote N word end quote, that was your version of, he was actually saying N I G G E R out loud. He, the, so the two players are fighting. One player called the other player, the N word actually said the real word. Yes, the assistant coach, who's a white guy, also said the real word. Uh, as, as like, a, you want to say that? I no. thought he was censoring himself, saying, quote, N-word, end quote. He was actually saying the full. Yeah, he was saying the hard R, the hard R. And, <laughs> and like, then Dabo comes out and is like, he, it was just him disciplining him. He didn't actually call anyone that. Kind and, of yo, the best the best person I saw talk about this was Jalen Rose, which is kind of funny because I like, love Jalen. Yeah. He's amazing. He goes, dear, he goes, dear white people, there's two things you're not allowed to do when you're around black people. And one of them you aren't allowed to do is use that word. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man, it's weird. Sports are weird because I thought of it from my perspective. And I guess you guys could think of it from like a coworker or a friend or something. If my, if my, employee one of my employees i heard that they said that word in front of another employee i don't know man like i don't know i think i'd fire him at the very least you're not making excuses for it right exactly that's yeah we can all be on the same side there and like i think that's you know that's probably part of the issue you know one man's opinion but to not address the problems with the word sort of gives a certain permission and doesn't really understand the full impact of it. And I think that's, you know, probably where part of the controversy comes from is the fact that it doesn't seem like Dabo fully understands what that word means to people. Yeah. Which, of course not. I mean, we all understand that it's hurtful, but we yeah, can't exactly. possibly understand what it's like to feel, you know what I mean? Like getting called a cracker is not even remotely it's not even in the same ballpark not even it's, it is it has no weight as far as i'm concerned whereas that clearly does and to understand what that feels like i i i can i can empathize to a point but you know after a while like i don't actually know so like i just just fucking don't say it. it's actually pretty simple and that's and that's a better way to put it because it's not i guess i should say it's not that he doesn't understand it it's that he doesn't he's not even trying to that's that very yeah much so. and and that that actually touches on another thing um, that I, I wanted to talk about was the, which the what Joe, what you said, and E, what you said, which is like we don't understand, we can't fathom it, and the it brings up the Iowa program, and this this one's the worst. This one's really bad. Um, a lot of players came out um, and said that. One, there's two things with this. There's a strength coach and there's the program itself that players were talking about. And the program itself, a lot of players were saying that they were they were not able to be themselves. They were not comfortable in their own skin being a black man at that program. Examples of like wearing a do-rag or a sleeveless shirt, they were like told to like they were gonna get sent back to like the hood or something, or like like looking like a thug or something like that. That's not that bad. Um, judged like, yeah, like a lot of them said that they were judged for their tattoos, um, stuff like that. And it's interesting because the strength coach is involved in this in Iowa. If you guys don't know this, so Iowa is like, 
I was known for taking the guys that no one necessarily wanted, bringing them into the program and churning out NFL players. Like that's what they're known for. And a big part of that is their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, his name's Chris Doyle. He is paid $800,000 a year to be a strength coach. Oh, yeah. At Iowa. Too. At Iowa. Yes. Because like they turn on NFL talent, man. And so he was apparently the, a lot of the driving force of this, like straight up, just blatant racism. And he comes out, I should laugh at God, just people are so dumb, man. Like Jesus, he comes out, <laughs> he, he doubles down this, this piece of shit doubles down. And is like, I never did anything wrong. I didn't do anything. Wasn't like, I got, it's fine. So he gets fired. Um, and obviously, but the my question do, is, what's the $800,000 gig where you get to hang out in the gym all day? Like he just ruined his life. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, that's your employee. You know about this as a head coach. What, what happens to the head coach or what should happen to the head coach? Cause it's happened for a long time. At Baylor, we covered up rape and the head coach may or may not have known. And he was gone. Like, that's kind of how it goes. Like if they can prove you knew about it and didn't do anything, like you gone. Honestly, and ultimately, and, go ahead. Now, just ultimately, if you're the head coach, the buck stops with you. And if it's literally a culture problem, who sets the culture except for the head coach? Yeah. Who could possibly be responsible for that other than the head coach? We also have another guest here. Um, yeah, everybody, welcome my four year old son. Say hi. <laughs> Say hi. Hi. He. His input is going to be crucial to this, Joe. If you could, you know, maybe bring him in back in here later. Ask him how he feels about Noah Fant. Ask him. Yeah, Noah Fant. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, buddy. Um, yeah, with a coach, there's always the school thought is there's always the two sides. Is well, did they know and not do anything about it, or did they just not know? And nowadays, neither one's an excuse. If you knew and didn't do anything, you're fired. But even if you didn't know, why didn't you know? You're the coach. That's supposed to be your job. And actually, yeah. Vance, when you heard this. It could, what school would you have picked ahead of Iowa? How many of them would you have picked ahead of Iowa for this? A lot. <laughs> See, a I, lot. I, I would, I would, to me, I'm like, yeah, you know what? This seems right for Iowa. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's like, but there, I don't know. It's for some reason, like my racial map, my racist map, it goes the like heat center is the South, right? Of course, yeah. you know. But I don't know, man. It's like a cool center up there in Iowa. It's like. But then I was thinking about it. The people I have met from Iowa, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But like you turn on the TV, you know, the 11 a.m. Big Ten kickoff with, you know, whoever's announcing and you look at the stands. Yeah. You know what it looks like. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I don't know. This, this one, I shouldn't say these don't surprise me, but this one did not surprise me. It hey, I'm from look. up here, man. I used to work in Sioux City, Iowa. I literally worked there for a summer. I live in South Dakota now. We border Iowa. Like, let's not pretend there ain't racist up here, yo. Like, big time. But it's not just. I'm not. It's not the state. It's the program. Like yeah. that makes sense for what you see and know about that program. Well, <laughs> and and the, here's the thing. That's a really good point because I feel like programs everywhere are just like collectively like just puckered up holding their breath because we got a bunch of white dudes baby boomer white dudes who are in positions of power with black kids who have who have gone through some some shit 
and they don't know how to deal with it and you don't know what has been said and like if anything comes out uh, every time something comes out i'm like eh, yep yep well and it's, it's over it's over as soon as something comes out every one of these is a death blow like they're just, it's just good, like the dominoes are going to fall because you can't recover from that if you get if you have certainly if there's a recording if anybody ever had like a phone out in the last five to ten years they're done immediately they're done yeah and it's like look at the optics of it too we got a bunch of like old white guys who are getting paid millions of dollars to coach unpaid minorities. Yeah. And like, <laughs> no, man, they're also, they're public employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like these are university dollars that your taxes go to a lot of the time. That's a good point. So it sort of has a different feel. It really does. That's a good point. That's yeah. scary. Um, yeah. That, um, so speaking of uh, the public and, and the public health, <laughs> um, the, well, we can go to lighter fare. I don't know if it's lighter, but let's call, talk about the global pandemic. Knee slapping COVID, baby. Just for some background. So like, I, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but like they let, um, they let most, most programs and most, I think, um, conferences were letting players back in June for quote unquote voluntary workouts. Um, they're just letting them get back on campus and they could just be on campus to work out. And, um, I, this is really shocking, but a lot of kids are testing positive for COVID. Whoa. Yep. Yep. And it was, I thought the funniest one was U of H when they first let players on, they were like, oh, they were dumb enough just to only test players that were showing symptoms. <laughs> That's it. Are you serious? Probably only hand watchers. It's it's very similar. It, it, the old white guy approach to both racism and COVID is so like the, the the blatant disregard for any of it. As if it's any of it's real. Nobody takes it half as serious as they should. The fact that you wouldn't test everyone just as a precautionary measure. The fact that you wouldn't try to go too far with it. Why, why wouldn't you? I mean, you say when tests, what are we doing? I don't know if it's, I just think it's an American thing, man. I think we're just like, it's just how we are, man. Like if it's over, it's over. It's like, eh, you know what? I'm good. I decided it's over. It's what's over. going on now? All right. <laughs> yeah. So they had to shut, U of H had to shut. Actually, I think they had to shut down like their entire, like, athletic program if i'm not mistaken um clemson just had 23 players test positive ut um texas has 23 players quarantined right now um and and right now it's there's no governing voice there's just conferences and what the conferences are gonna do so it's it's interesting because like I don't know. I'm I'm guessing the SEC is going to be a little bit more cavalier about it than the Pac-12. That's just me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting to think about it because they're they are kids. Like, what the hell do you do? Well, and the fact that they call them voluntary, everybody knows that's bullshit. That's the hard. That's the part that I really have the issue with. Is we all know it's not voluntary. We, in, you know, it, it's, everybody knows that you have to show up. You you, you don't get to. Say like you're showing up. So by no means, so you're forcing these unpaid workers to show up to an unsafe environment and then surprise, they all got COVID. But I do think if we want to go with something positive that's happening here is I think some players are using COVID to as leverage essentially, right? Because these schools are strapped for cash, like the athletics program, football programs, 
are a huge part of their revenue creation, right? And if they lose some football, it's a real big problem for them. So I do like the idea that sometimes like UT and Austin, um, like their players were like, look, we're not going to show up to like donor events. And we're not really going to promote the program unless, you know, you change some building names that are, you know, named after people who supported, you know, racist ideologies and maybe change the school song, that kind of thing. And I think sort of the racism discussion and COVID discussions are kind of tied together in a way, because I think this situation has given players more voice and value than they might have otherwise. That's wild. The timing of both of these issues happening, I mean, you could call it coincidence or you could say, but this is just the the revolution of our time, but it's odd the way they're, they are intertwined completely now. It's, and it, it's it shouldn't ball. be that way, but it is. So to use it to your advantage, I think, is very smart. Yeah, so, good. Joe, I'm going to push back on you there because I don't like when they when people say that these are unpaid workers. Uh, just for this, yes, they're unpaid. Yes, they should absolutely. I'm I'm really pro, like I'm so pro player. Um, but dude, if you got the opportunity to play D1 football. Would you consider yourself an unpaid worker? Because I would oh, feel just, like just for the women alone. Like, are you kidding? Like, did I get <laughs> yeah. a chance for a leader? I'd have done it for sure. Dude, these guys are living their their dream. Now, do they deserve to be paid? Absolutely. Of course. Um, of course. Like that's that's so un-American. It's it's funny. It's um, but like it, when I think about it, I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. So they need to they need to do they need to be better. They need to like be better about the players' health, they need to care about the players. All right. How is that going to work? Because I just imagine like Joe's playing for Baylor. They just upset Texas. Joe, Joe had like, like, like five tackles. He's hyped up. He's elated. He's everyone's party in the locker room. And you know what Joe does? He takes his bag. He goes back into his dorm and he quarantines himself <laughs> for two weeks like a responsible human being. Yeah, how would that season even work? Like we can't then play another game for two weeks. Like it's going to be a three-month season. I mean, I didn't Fauci come out and say that like they would essentially – if they were going to do it responsibly, they would essentially have to bubble the way the NBA is going to bubble? Yeah, also my math is way off. It is a three-month season. I meant six months, but you get – you know, it's fine. <laughs> And I think so, Eric. You bring that up. I think that's what they're gonna have to do. But like, these are eighteen to twenty-one year old kids. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, so, but that's the thing, right? Is maybe they're not unpaid workers, but what's the choice here for them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Certainly, if you're a scholarship athlete, like, what what else do you have? You have to play. Yeah. No, and, and then it's like, dude, but I don't know, man. I just – There's no I, way to do it safely. Like that's – if you were – if you cared about the safety, you wouldn't do it. Football itself has a level of risk at, to your health as we know it anyways, <laughs> right? So like I think maybe that's interplaying with some of this is like uh, they're, they're risking their, their bodies and their, their – sometimes their lives anyways. And, and I don't know, honestly, like, honestly, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, wait, what percentage of players out there would risk not playing at all to make sure that they're safe from COVID? As an 18 year old, 
care at all. Yeah. But see, this is kind of what I think one of the big differences between the college discussion about this and the pro discussion about this. Because with the pros, like there is literally a dollar value for how much you're willing to risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're getting paid and you're like, no, you don't have to play, but you're not going to get paid. This one, it's kind of different because for one, you know, there it's up to the NCA whether or not they keep their scholarships, whether or not they could transfer somewhere if they want to transfer. There's all these sort of caveats. They don't have the same level of freedom necessarily to do what they feel is best for them. I don't think. No, no, they, no, they, right. they, they don't at all. And and the, and the the system has been set up for so long to ensure that, and now it's changing. But it, yeah, it, it's it, but it's like the I don't know, man. I just think like I think of our the players on A and M, and I don't know, like from what I know about them, I, I think they'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, like well, yeah, first of all, it's also a dream come true, right? Yeah, so that's another factor. It's what, impossible. I, you know what, I want to see. I want to see like the college uh, towns like just quarantining off bars after the game, so only the players can go to the bar, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and so then they can like celebrate. But then it's like, what about their girlfriends and stuff? And what about like, I don't know, man. What is the NBA doing? That's I'm glad you brought that up because I I don't know what what they're doing at all. They're going to Disney. Yeah, they're going to Disney World, 100. percent What? Yeah, 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 they are playing. Disney games. has a huge NBA compound, huge and or basketball NBA, huge basketball compound, dozens of courts. And they're just gonna all be in be in there. Yeah, so they're, they're staying at different hotels. They have like three hotels where players and teams are staying at, and they're gonna quarantine there, and they're not gonna leave. Yeah, and they're gonna provide them all sorts of amenities, and they're gonna test them. I think they said every 36 to 48 hours. And wow. there's like, you're going to be here for, you know, if you make the finals, you'll be here for 10 weeks or whatever it is. So just say, like say goodbye to your families. Is that more or less what they're telling them? Well, no, because they're what they're going to do is like, as teams leave, families will come in. Okay. So you keep sort of the same number of people. And theoretically your exposure is not the longer that bad, you stay, I guess. The more, yeah, you say the more active kids you have. Yeah. Wow. That is. That's wild. Like, what a state. Like, that's how like that's with sports we are as a culture. Oh, we're you, we're not going to have a college football season because if that's the level that they're going to have to go to. See, but I think that's you know that's NBA players and NBA. The NBA is different. They you know negotiate with their players. The owners do, and the commissioner does, and the league does, and they have a much more symbiotic relationship than a lot of leagues do. So I think that's part of how they ended up coming to an agreement like this, you know, the NCAA can just say, Hey, play or the big 12 or Texas can just say, Hey, play. Yeah. And well, it's like, it's like there's a hundred and 120 something teams. Yeah. And on those teams, there's way more players than on an NBA team. So it, it's just, when you say, I did not know they were doing that. And if that's what like the professionals, what are the, what's the NBA going to, or the NFL going to do? Do we know? See, I think the NFL, they don't know right now, but so far from my understanding, they're talking about just not having fans, more or less. Okay. Sort of having players be responsible on their own. Yeah, but the TV deal. Some tickets are thousands of dollars. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, everybody watches on TV these days. And I've I've heard um, 
Rusillo say this before, and I thought it kind of made sense. It was like, so these owners own a business, right? Um, who says that you make money on your business all the time? Mm, good point. Which I thought was interesting. It's like, yeah, maybe for one year, an NFL owner loses money because there aren't fans. Oh my! I'm pretty sure when he oh sells, my God, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> Seriously, that's so funny that we think of it. We're like, oh my God, oh my God, they're not gonna make money. It's like, dude, a lot of people don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> Most of America doesn't make yeah. money. Oh, that's that's actually that's a good point. I never thought of it like that. Oh, you know, you know what? Um, I, I think it's the SEC or like. They said, oh, no, no, we're only going to have 50% capacity. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wait, so instead of – they're still going to be two feet away from each other. <laughs> so instead of someone literally touching right my elbow, yeah, it's like what? There's 50,000 people hanging out in Knoxville together. No big oh, deal. Man, we're not going to have college football. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's going to happen. I don't know how, but I, I can't imagine they don't play the games in some way, shape, or form. I, there's I just – Oh man, I don't think it's so not going to be safe to do, but I think you'll see some sort of games. Maybe they just play in conference, and there's specific conference rules. Like yeah. that might be something you could do, even though you know there's different numbers of teams in conference. I don't know. It's 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 going to be bad, <laughs> and it's like it's like what do you what do you do with <laughs> what if what if someone gets like reinfected? Too like, what if Kellen Mond, our start, starting quarterback, like okay, he has COVID in like June, and then he's okay, and then he gets it like before we play Alabama. You, that's something that teams are gonna have to figure out. You're gonna have to. I think that's something that people are gonna have to agree upon. So part of what's hanging up the NBA is that they didn't have or present a clear plan on how that kind of thing would work, right? Like, what happens if LeBron tests positive for COVID in Game yeah. Two of the Finals? Like everybody's gonna have to agree. They're like, look, yeah. This is just kind of the way it is for this season. It's like rolling an ankle, maybe. You know, it's ah, yeah. Man. It really is, though. It's gonna have to be true. Like, it's gonna have tough shit is the only way to move forward. With this like it sucks, but you can't then pause the season for two weeks just because LeBron's down. Yeah, 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 man. I never thought about that. So all the injured reports are gonna just say COVID. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. Wild. Well, that's all I got. You guys, you guys got anything else? Do you think they should? Do you think it would help to delay the season at all? Do you think they would even consider that? I, I think Amer- look, America has decided that COVID's not a thing. Yeah, we really have, haven't we? We're <laughs> not going anywhere, right? Yeah. So you know what? Just millions of people are going to die, and you know, it's just well, that's but like that's always how America's kind of been of like, ah, eh, yeah, yeah, well, we're fine. It'd be fine. It's, yes, it's, it's we, cool. are, we are a cold-hearted country. But like we had at the at the base core of it is just that yeah, fuck it. Like that, I mean, that's we've just literally the baseline had a, of everything. We've had a public conversation, like so I'm in Texas, right? The lieutenant governor of Texas was like, Hey, listen, as an old person, I I, I would rather die for my grandchildren than ruin the economy. So like we've literally had public discussions Jesus about like, and ruin- I mean what we- human lives are worth compared to, you know, a lower GDP. So it's Yeah. I mean, time. <laughs> as as Americans, Wild. we we cannot be inconvenienced. We will throw the tea off of the boat, and we'll and we'll dress up as Indians and we'll fight a war because we cannot be inconvenienced. That is the American way. 
yep. don't know if it's good or bad, but it's Which just means bad. they're playing college. Uh, it's, it's bad, bro. Let's we can be clear. It's bad. But it also like I don't know. I think of it in terms of we do have this like this false confidence and extreme false confidence that has gotten us to this point where we are in the world. It's an American. And, it's unshakable. And yeah, this is part of it. You will this never part of that it. act. Ever. Yeah, I mean, if you held a gun to my head and like was like, "Are we going to fix this?" My, I would probably be like. Yeah, you know what? I actually believe some doctor in America is going to figure this out eventually. Maybe there's <laughs> money in it, maybe not. But yeah, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's no evidence of that. We're fine. <laughs> fine. It's fine. But I saw uh, outbreak. It it works out. Yeah, I also think like a lot of it that plays into it is is wealthier people are able to insulate themselves from these problems, and those that aren't wealthy are not. So if the wealthy people don't care about it. And or they're able to deal with it, then who cares about the poor people? I think that. that yeah. I mean, just look at the, the twelve hundred dollars stimulus check. That's a joke. For eight weeks or however long that was supposed to support like life. Like if you like, my neighbor was a hairdresser. Like she had literally no income for over six weeks. Twelve hundred dollars ain't gonna like. What the fuck is that supposed to do? Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. Uh, did did those? I wonder if the um, we should we should do that for the uh, players that get out. Of the sports, we should give them a check. Yeah, here's twelve hundred dollars. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, just give LeBron twelve hundred bucks when he gets so, COVID. Uh, so college players Dude. don't get paid until they quit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's how it would work. Dude, I know this isn't part of the topic, and like, I don't actually feel bad for LeBron because come on, he's fine. But I feel bad for LeBron because he was gearing up for another ring this year. Like, not saying it was a guarantee, but he had a real, real good shot. And now I don't even know if this is going to happen, and if it does, what kind of an asterisk is going to be on there? Because who knows who's even going to show up? It's going to be a big asterisk, right? It depends on who wins. I think if LeBron wins and they were the best team all year, it's hard to be like, I don't know, guys. I'm not sure it really should count. Well, they're going to win because my yeah, boy. If Houston wins, huge asterisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, Joe, that's all I got. Hell yeah. Dude, dude that was dope. Oh, I enjoyed this. We should do this again. Yep. No, I don't want to ever do this again. This is way too yeah, hard. Yeah, fun fact. It. This is the only time Vance is coming in with prepared material. Yeah, so, I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't like this because I, I, I like inserting my opinion and then getting out. I don't. It's too much responsibility. <laughs> you did, it worked out. Yeah, I've been just drinking and combing my beard this whole time. Nice. <laughs> well, you're back on it next time, Joe. Sorry about it. <laughs> Maybe rating can host. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Good shit, y'all. Thanks for listening, everybody.